we went to went to our elders and just shared with them, you know, our struggle and that we are literally on the brink of, you know, of chucking it all in. You know, that's how we both felt, you know, in that moment. And Ministry can be what gets in the way of, of course, the, the marriage relationship, but also your relationship with the Lord. You know, I did sense that there was um, a wall or some type of disconnect just with Jake emotionally. I just, I couldn't put my finger on it and I didn't know how to cross that barrier. And that started with announcing to the congregation our struggle in our marriage, where we are at this point. Hey everybody, I want to welcome you again to the Before You Quit podcast, where we are all about bringing courage and perspective when serving gets hard, and man, does it get hard sometimes. My name is Mitch Schultz, and I'm your host. I'm also the director of a ministry called Fruitful Vine Ministry. Uh, hey, welcome to 2018. Happy New Year to you. Uh, I'm excited about this year. I guess we all say that about anything that we're doing, but uh, I really am. Uh, some of my goals this year with this podcast is to keep improving on them, to be consistently good, uh, to have a high standard in what I'm doing. Uh, I want to put these out at least every two weeks and make sure that the topics remain relevant and, and challenging and um, those that will speak to the heart of what uh, church ministry, life and pastorate, life as a missionary is, is really all about. So. Uh, thanks for hanging in there with us as we are developing this, and I want to keep reminding you to go to iTunes and uh, give a five-star review there and also uh, write a, a comment or two about how uh, Before You Quit podcast is, uh, is speaking to you. Uh, that would help us. I think the more we can get reviews, the more uh, it gets the attention of, uh, of others out there. So, okay, here's what we're going to be doing today. Uh, let me start with a question. The question is this. What do you do? when you're great at pastoring but not good at marriage? Uh, I, I ask that question often. Can a pastor and his wife have a good ministry when the marriage is hanging by a thread? When marriage is not that good, uh, can ministry be good? That's a tough question because we do see a lot of people seemingly uh, in a good ministry, but uh, if you look behind the scenes at home, things are not really good at home. Uh, I'm going to enter into a, a rather delicate conversation with a young pastor and his wife, uh, Jake and Jennifer Edwards, uh, who from the day they met, ministry was all that they had in common. They met in the context of ministry, and, um, and that really defined their relationship. And this almost caught up with them, but God intervened only in the way he can, and uh, it almost took a crisis for them to wake up and, and realize that uh, the priority needed to be the marriage. And, and often this does happen. Couples meet in the context of ministry. Perhaps they met at, at college, uh, in university. They both were preparing, both with that sense of call. So that is what uh, obviously uh, defined their relationship. And it uh, sometimes doesn't move beyond that. And if the couple is not careful, that common denominator can get in the way of a productive relationship. And, and you can get away with it for some time because you're both busy in ministry, but it does catch up with you. Uh, something other than ministry needs to hold the marriage together. That's the point. That's what we need to talk about. So Pastor Jake and Jennifer are uh, going to be with me today to talk about how their marriage survived when ministry finally took a backseat to their relationship. But it did not come easily. And neither did it come without some costs, without some challenges. 
Pastor Jake and his wife are in Aiken, South Carolina. Pastor Jake is the pastor of Crossroads Church in Aiken, South Carolina. Uh, they've been married for just a little over 11 years, and they've been in ministry together for just a little over 11 years. Hmm, there might be a story there. Ministry 11 years, marriage 11 years. Uh, they are also the proud parents of Sunday, uh, who they adopted. Sunday is now nine years old, great kid. I know the family personally. And uh, you're going to be really interested in their story. And let's just jump right in and join conversation here with Jake and Jennifer Edwards. All right, I have uh, with me on Zoom conferencing, uh, really good friends, some of my favorite people, Jake and Jennifer Edwards. Uh, how are you guys doing today? Doing good. Doing well, thank you. Awesome. You got your pit bulls in the background there somewhere? Are we going to see their heads pop up? We've caged them up. <laughs> no, we haven't. <laughs> they are two of the most affectionate pit bulls or dogs that I've ever met. How did you guys do that? Well, uh, we kissed them a lot and hugged them a lot. <laughs> and talked to them a, lot. a great segue for what we're going to talk about today. Um, well, I really appreciate you guys being willing to do this. I, I know this is, uh, is going to be a sensitive subject for you. Uh, we're going to be talking about marriage and ministry and is it compatible and uh, you guys uh, have a testimony of, of having you know, come through a crisis, and it's not been long ago. I'd, I'd like to start uh, there and then work backwards, um, you know, how, how you got to this place. I'm just going to open it up for you guys to share, you know, what happened. And uh, first of all, you're, t- tell us where you are and what you're doing. Let's just start with that real quickly. So we are in Aiken, South Carolina, and we uh, have planted a church. We planted that in 2011. And uh, so that keeps every second of our time. I bet it does. Yeah. yeah. And it used to, Mitch. It, it doesn't now. Good answer, Jake. Good answer. Yeah. And we'll explain why. Well, I, um, I worked with you guys in 2013. We were in Augusta, Georgia, uh, asked to replant a church that was closing. And it just happened. The Lord uh, opened up uh, a door for us to be connected with you guys up there in Aiken and and we had the privilege of working with you for, for a year. But we won't get into that. That could be another podcast at some point. We're more interested today to talk about the marriage. All right. Well, Jake, go ahead and, and describe uh, what led up to, uh, you know, the thing we're going to be talking about today. And that is, you know, crisis in marriage. And because God has done an amazing miracle in, in bringing healing there. So just start, start telling the story. Well, I think a lot of it, Mitch, uh, really began uh, years ago. In fact, even before um, I met Jen, and I won't go into you know the the, the full length story, but the the short version would be that uh, I I was hurt in a past relationship. Right, we we all have those relationships um, that we gain experience from, whether they're positive or whether they're negative. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, this happened to be a negative relationship, and and uh, I kind of resolved within myself at that moment, not to, not to go through that again. So as Jennifer and I, fast forwarding to when Jennifer and I met, kind of going into our relationship there, um, I had you were, a, you were a youth pastor in a church in Florida, if I sure recall. Was, sure mm-hmm. was. And Jennifer uh, was um, long distance. We had a long distance relationship. And, but even going into that, um, I just kind of reminded myself of not being, you know, that I didn't want to be hurt, that I wasn't going to go through that again. So uh, as we went into marriage, 
I went into marriage maybe not, well, not being transparent with her, I think, mm-hmm. number one, um, and always having a wall of protection built around me so that I wouldn't get hurt. And that has, that had over a period of time or has over a period of time just caused the foundation of our marriage to disintegrate. So I, I viewed Jen as what she brought to the table for the ministry, um, not necessarily what she brought to the table for me emotionally um, or not even what I could give her emotionally because I built this, uh, this fortress around my heart that I wasn't letting anyone in or I wasn't going to give myself away. So really so, over the time that yeah. allowed us to erode um, in the area of our marriage. If you okay. Will. So Jennifer, early on, um, what did you begin to sense? Cause obviously you go into marriage, you assume there's going to be emotional intimacy. There's going to be transparency. Um, and, and uh, we can allude a little bit to what Jake is, is sort of hinting here that, that ministry became the comfortable place to go to for, for both of you. And, and I'm saying that more because I know your story, but what were you expecting early on there, Jen? And what, what became maybe sort of disillusioning? Um, you know, I went into the marriage and, and I, you know, we may talk um, a little bit about um, our story of how we met. We, you know, without going into that story, you know, Jake and I didn't date. Um, because it was a long distance relationship. Long distance, um, and I can tell that story now or we can. Sure. Yeah. No, no, please. So a little bit about that story. Um, I. No, I mean, with, yes, yes, please. Yes. Yes. Go ahead. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I met um, Jake's parents at church and um, in prayer meeting and um, I, Jake's mom pretty much proposed to me the second time I saw her. So we met the second time she proposed on Jake's behalf. Uh, <laughs> and then, this is when Jake was in ministry, right? He was, yes. yes. And that's not far from the truth. Oh, I love that. Yeah. My, my mom Talk and about dad, others making decisions for you. Huh? My dad kept saying, Jake, I've got this girl I want you to meet. And of course, you know, dads don't know anything. And mm-hmm. I thought that until I have become a father myself, right? Dads now know everything. But he was right, of course. <laughs> I was going to the prayer group. His mom and dad led together and uh, met his mother. The second time I attended um, the prayer group, she said um, to me, I have three sons. I said, okay. And she said, you should marry one of them. <laughs> she did it. Seriously? <laughs> oh, she did. Yes, she did. And so she really started talking about Jake. Let me know he's um, in youth ministry in Florida. Um, Jake came in town. Um, not long after that we met and we actually didn't, um, start talking till two and a half years later, you know, after we met. So we met, um, when we started talking, I, you know, was still living in Tennessee and he lived in Florida. So it was long distance. And we did not, when we were, you know, the times that we saw each other, um, it was, you know, with family or friends. So we really didn't have that time together to connect and really to get to to know each other on a deep um, emotional relationship. I think we talked a lot on the phone, but that can only go so far. Um, so I think that kind of sets up a foundation of what going into our particular situation and, and marriage. Jen, let me ask you a question here. The the fact that I'm curious, the fact that he was in ministry, did that come with some assumptions that, oh, hi, hey, he's he's a pastor, must be a great guy, must be mature, must be solid, is is that how as you as you look back do you do you remember it being like that? Um yes, that's you know I So there's an attraction there that here's a guy in ministry he must be just, you know, the epitome of the right guy for me. Yes. And I I was, you know, involved um in ministry at the time too, so I thought that's, you know, perfect fit. Mm. I'm, you know, I'm called to the ministry, he's called to the ministry. 
Um, Perfect match. Are going great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a lot of attraction when we're together. You know, all those things. I think going into the marriage, I was ready to to love and um, to love 100%. Um, and, you know, I did sense that there was um, a wall or some type of disconnect um, just with Jake emotionally. I just, I couldn't put my finger on it and I didn't know how to cross that barrier. And so because of that, did you all talk a lot about ministry because you both were in ministry? Was that your common denominator from the start? Absolutely. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It was. So, so it was a safe place to go to even in, in, in the way you interacted with each other. It was. So, so that being the foundation um, and, and not each other really kind of led to um, led to a lot of hardship, you know, even presently or presently in our past, right. You know, um, just in, in our very own marriage of how we communicated with one another. Mm-hmm. And a lot of ministry pressure. Um, you know, we, we came home from the honeymoon. I think I was, you know, in the new environment, new, you know, state and town and ministry for a week and then jump straight into ministry with Jake before really we had a chance to get to know each other. We, um, Jake, how many days that you counted the days that we saw each other before we got married? Yeah. 15 days. I had seen Jen with my own eyes. Wow. Only 15 days before she's walking down the aisle. Wow. Even though you had no, you had met her two to three years prior to this. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So because she was living out of town and yeah, yeah, no, I understand that. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so we, um, you know, really didn't have that time to date, connect and even transition as a married couple before, you know, I jumped right into ministry and, you know, a lot of the ministry pressure, Jake was um, the youth associate before, um, but that the um, lead pastor, youth pastor had moved into another position and that put Jake, as soon as we got married, he was promoted and, um, so there was a lot of pressure on Jake there. You know, I saw that pressure. So I thought, mm-hmm. you know, I love to work. I love, you know, ministry. So I'll just jump right in as his assistant and just start volunteering. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that was the best way I could connect with him and support him. But that really became the marriage. Yeah. 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 Because you both were working at what you were good at and that was ministry and it allowed you for those first, uh, you know, formative years of your marriage to uh, to not deal with, uh, you know, uh, each other uh, because you, you could get away with being effective and productive in, in the church work. Yes. And I, and I think it, you know, it also kept us from, you know, Jake had, you know, we both had wounds of, you know, in various areas, but, you know, a big wound for him was, you know, that past relationship mm-hmm. that, um, we really, you know, if we had, you know, put a, more of a focus on connecting and dating and, you know, would that had, you know, would that have surfaced? Um, you know, I don't know, maybe it wouldn't have, but we just didn't, we really didn't allow for that. Mm-hmm. Um, at what point, at what point, Jen, did it start really concerning you? Um, you know, I, you, you hear the first year, um, or they say, Mm-hmm. And we could we could confirm that that the first year of marriage is sometimes the hardest. Um, I, I feel like going into year two because that first year I'm like, okay, this is this is normal. This is just how it is. Um, and then going into that second year, it not really improving. You know, I think there were there were segments and seasons that it, it improved, but overall it it didn't improve. Mm. And then the third year and fourth year, and I really feel like probably by year five was when I'm like, okay. Mm. This first year, you know, woes, 
is it's not um, we're not growing together. You know, I, in some areas maybe yes, but in some areas we're we're growing further apart. But still, really effective together in ministry, right? Yes, I think on the outside, you know, I really think, um, you know, as far as the work and what we were able to accomplish together, that was very effective. Um, mm-hmm. I think we both so I'd have say a, outwardly. We both have a gutted out kind of person, you know, personality on some level. So what w- the pain that we were experiencing in the home, we ignored because there was a, a mission or a task at hand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But the in- internal part, you know, even just the emotional part of working together and trying to understand employee and spouse relationship, you know, that internal part was suffering. Um, mm, you know, mm. I would say really just about the whole entire time. Um, and that's the heart of ministry. If that's suffering, then you can make it look good and make it look like it's working for so long before it just starts to crumble around you. Um, now, Jake, you you seem to indicate that, uh, or maybe this is from some conversations we've had, that you were, you were oblivious to this early on, that you went into marriage not really knowing it was meant to be better. You were not aware, self-aware of these emotional wounds that were uh, essentially creating walls in, in your relationship with Jen. No, you know, in fact, I wasn't. And I think a lot of that has to do when, you know, when you live on an island all by yourself and you're going crazy, you don't know you're going crazy, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I think a lot of that has to do with a couple of things, Mitch, is I hadn't built um, a level of um, transparency with anyone, mm-hmm. right? Um, and as a result of that, there was really no one speaking into my life concerning those things. And then that, of course, carried over once, you know, once we got married for a very large portion of, of, our, of our 10 years together so far. Mm-hmm. And, and um, so, so through that, I, I didn't know. I was oblivious. And going into it, my mindset, again, was not what I could provide for her emotionally because I wasn't going to give that. I wasn't going to be hurt. I, I wasn't going to be um, vulnerable, right, you know, with her. So I wasn't giving to her. Um, Jennifer was, you know, not to, um, not to be rude, but it is rude thinking. Jennifer brought a lot to the table for the ministry, you know, and, and I, I treated her selfishly as a result of the ministry being the king you know, being, being the, um, being the focus there. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, in, in the meantime, she's crying out for help. Does it, can't talk to you about it. Uh, Jen, were you starting to express your concern to others? No, you know, I, um, you know, I, I expressed to Jake, you know, counseling, I, you know, I think we had one counseling session when we were in Florida. Um, and I think I, um, kept plugging that or asking for that, that we, um, reach out and we go to counseling. And I think finally, when we, I think actually when we started, we reached out to you and started meeting to you was when we brought Sunday home. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, Sunday's your adopted son. We'll talk about that in, in a few moments. That was an, an exciting story, but also I think, and the reason I think we should talk about, it, I think it was part of what uh, needed to happen in your marriage, you know, mm-hmm. cause you, you could be, I mean, face it, you could be wonderful pastors, pastor wife, now you have a young boy in your house right? and a good ministry is not going to make for good parents. You know, no, no. a good marriage is needed for good parenting. Right. So we're, we're going to need to talk about that. You can hide it well until there's someone else in the home. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the pit bulls are not enough to draw attention to that. Right. <laughs> yeah. They, they don't watch us that closely. And I, I, think, I think that's one of the things that we really felt that was a, a a part of the game changer, a mm-hmm. part of, I mean, I, there were probably several things along the way, but one of the things was having our son home um, because while we 
both could probably in the most quiet moments of our souls say that our home is in dysfunction or is dysfunctional. Now they're actually a set of, of pure eyes mm-hmm. always watching and always um, tallying or, 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 or just kind of always in that environment. And then you really begin to consider what is he witnessing? What is he seeing? Um, and, and I think that was a part of, a part of that process of, of us realizing, or maybe me, of me realizing that you know, it, it's not okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I reached out in the, you know, in the safety of counseling and, and I don't think necessarily that it's, you know, healthy to not be transparent or to share with someone that you can trust. I think, you know, from, and probably a lot of pastors, wives and pastors do this, but you're protecting your church or you're protecting your husband. That's, a pastor or you're protecting yourself in some way. And so I didn't share with friends because um, a lot of those friendships were connected to the church. You know, mm, I, mm. So we, or most all of them were. Yeah. And, and, and by the way, that's a, that's a very common reality and, and something that burdens me that uh, pastors uh, really don't know who to trust with their, uh, their pain. They, they have to go elsewhere often to, to get help. Um, and, and you all have a beautiful story. I'm going to ask you to share in a few moments of where your congregation actually played a role in, in your healing. Mm-hmm. Um, Hey, go ahead and tell the story about, about adopting Sunday, because I think that'll, that'll help to, to move us towards, you know, a, a deeper level, maybe of, of, of self-awareness, awareness of the brokenness, and then provided the context for healing. Well, when Jennifer and I first started talking on, on the phone, remember we were long distance, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. she made mention that, um, she most definitely wanted to adopt that she has wanted to do that for a very long time. And of course, uh, Jennifer is, uh, very pretty. So I, I was not opposed to adopting. Um, but I, you know, it was never just really on my radar. So I told Jen, well, if, yeah, that would be okay by me. <laughs> it was a prerequisite for her. Right. So, um, but we ended up, once we got married, we waited five years. Um, and then after that five year mark, we started walking through the adoption process. So a little kind of precursor to that, that, you know, I, I feel like plays, you know, just a big part in timing is, you know, five years in, we, we actually started trying for a biological child first and, um, lost, um, I miscarried. So we lost, mm. you know, our first child. And so, um, you know, a year later was when we decided that, um, let's go ahead and pursue adoption. Mm. Now, you know, we just felt that urgency that now is the time. So we started going through that process. It was a year and then we were in Uganda finishing up, you know, that process. And I feel like that six weeks that we were away from ministry and together, you know, we experienced, um, more togetherness and connectedness and, you know, really displayed, I feel like a very healthy Mm. um, parenting and, so we had a taste of what that was like. Yeah, um, and, the, and the purpose of being there was to adopt a child. So suddenly, for the first time, the focus of your lives, the energy, the attention is on family. Right. Uh, and, and nothing else. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. only had each other. That was it. Mm. And we had to be, you know, arm in arm um, relationally to be able to, you know, help Sunday, you know, through the things that he was battling and going through, especially in that first, you know, several, you know, weeks and months, a few months. But when we got home and, you know, got back into, and that, you know, we were in a crazy transition church-wise too. So yeah, that's the year that we were in Augusta. We were actually helping out at the church while you guys were gone. Right. Yes, a lot of transition there. And so, 
you know, we came back and, you know, to full swing of ministry and, you know, then again, another time where you would really want time to transition a child and especially a child from another country in an adoption situation, we were just back into the full swing of things. And so we saw, you know, we reverted back to a lot of that old, you know, work and task is behavior. Everything. We had yeah. not, you know, really had the heart change or, or learned how to um, just make that change. You know, I think together in our hearts and really it's Christ, you know, not to skip ahead, but just a little, you know, piece there. It's really when it comes to healing the marriage and no longer having to feel like you're, I mean, marriage is effort, but you're not exhausting yourself every day to try to make it work. Mm. You know, really at the heart of that is, you know, Christ coming in, in to redeem those broken places in our hearts. And that I feel like was a huge part in us healing and well, you made you made room for that, and Jen, for you, it it involves stepping out of ministry for a season. You were the worship leader at the church, and yes. that was a hard but very intentional move on your part. Yes, and that was a very hard decision. And just to kind of end with Sunday, we just when we realized, okay, now we have a child in the home, and in order for him to heal and for him to be healthy, we we have to be healthy. We can no longer hide this and just deal with it in ourselves. Mm-hmm. We, we've got to, something has to give, something has to happen here. Um, so in stepping away from worship leading, and that's something I felt called to, that I felt God has given me a, a, a gift for, and that I'm passionate about and love, and started to feel, you know, God called me to surrender it and to give it back to him and to let it go. Um, mm-hmm. And during that struggle, Mitch, is when one day you said to me, have you ever thought about going on a sabbatical? And that's what to me was just confirming. I'd been praying about it. I'd been struggling with it for about six to eight months. And then I felt like, okay, here's um, confirmation and also support to work through that with Jake, because I knew Jake depended on that role. And when I went to him and said, I'm stepping away from that role, which I had mentioned, you know, to him before that. um, I always refused to talk about it. That was going to be a huge stressor for him. I remember. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but it, it impacts your ministry. What's that, Jen? We were in that initial conversation when yeah. we sat down and said, okay, this is, I think I need to go on a sabbatical. And that was a really difficult thing for Jake. But we've seen, you know, in that obedience, you know, it was a paid position. It um, was something that I was very passionate about. I loved. It was something that the ministry and Jake depended on. But, you know, it wasn't an area that God could not, um, God couldn't fill whether it was mm-hmm. the financial void mm-hmm. or the ministry role void. And, you know, I don't believe God ever calls us to sacrifice our, our marriage for, um, for ministry. A ministry role. Yeah. But, but sacrificing ministry for marriage is, is obviously something that ultimately blesses, which is what you did. Jake, as you look back over this now, um, what, how do you explain that resistance to Jen stepping out of ministry so that her, relationship with you would be healthier. What does that say? As you look back now, what does that say about where you were at? <laughs> I could only boil it down to, to true selfishness. Mm. I mean, I, wow, that's I brutally to, honest. I don't know how to move it any, anywhere mm. past. You build a wall because you want to protect yourself. Mm. Um, you, you, I treat her the way I have treated her because it is, um, it is because of my hurt, right? It, it is it is me not understanding how Christ submitted and surrendered Himself um, for me, and and how I am supposed to do that for Jennifer. Um, so I don't know how to get past the you know how to get past that word selfishness. Yeah, well, that's that's very honest. I I think you know perhaps some fear 
stemmed from that selfishness. You know, what will this mean to, to my ministry, which was a, uh, perhaps you would say too, that the uh, sense of claim that you had to the church was, was yours, which is, you know, a pastor can be selfish with his church. and Right. It's me finding identity um, and mm-hmm. successful mm-hmm. worth based on yeah. how smooth everything is running Monday through Sunday. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, rather than, rather than the home life, my fir- the yeah. first covenant that God has called, or, or the second, first me to him, and then, and then me to my bride. So um, putting more emphasis on the, on the church and the ministry, the identity there, rather than the identity in my second covenant to my bride. Yeah. yeah. Well, walk us through the, the turning point. What, what eventually led to where you guys are now, where you're obviously able to say, hey, the Lord has brought us to a, a new place, really. You're experiencing something you've never experienced in, in your lives, and that is a, a relationship that is that is really shaped by by marriage, not ministry. But so what what happened? I think I think for for me, after ten years into the marriage, me still living in this um, ignorance, in this selfishness, um, I got a text from Jennifer one afternoon uh, that uh, essentially she is she asked me, um, "Do I love her?" Mm. Right? And um, for whatever reason, God's timing. But I also know that God's timing would have me do this maybe from the very start, or you know, maybe God's desire. But whatever it is, God's God's lesson, God's hand in in our marriage allowed that to resonate mm. um, w- within the depths of my soul. And it was at that point for me. I really begin to self-evaluate. But I know that, you know, Jen probably has a different story of how, how she felt maybe the turning point was or yeah. the environment that caused you to, to process that. Well, how bad did it get? I mean, because the trajectory was not good. If, if you ignored it, your marriage probably could have, could have been destroyed. Mm-hmm. I know that Jen mentioned, that, uh, you know, even a timeline of saying that she couldn't do this for another year. What, was you, what were you processing there? Yeah, I think what was really, um, you know, scary was, you know, when we got married, you know, for both of us, we verbalized divorce is never an option. Mm-hmm. And, you know, 10 years in, nine, 10 years in, then I started to feel like, you know, I, I really did question whether Jake loved me. And I started to think, can I, can I live a lifetime like this? Do I want to really? Because I guess anyone could, or do I want to? And then, you know, my mind started thinking about, okay, what would that do to Sunday? Okay, well, maybe when he's you know, graduated, you know, and so I started putting, you know, a possible time frame. Okay. By this time, if we are still in this place, then I have options. And I think what I started to realize is even though we said marriage or divorce is not going to be an option, you know, the truth is. Here you are planning it in a sense, but make contingency plans should things not get better. Should things mm-hmm. not get better. And, you know, really the truth is, even when you say that, divorce is an option. It may not be the best option. It may not be the godly option, but it is an option. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. that's when I started to realize it, it is, it is an option. Um, and so that was really scary. I think for me and that when I sent that text um, to Jake, I was in Honduras and that was really, an, um, you know, a cry for, you know, I want to know if he loves me. If, if he loves me, then he's going to do what it takes. Um, I think, you know, up until then I had been really crying out for counseling and finally stopped. You know, I think mm. for me, I just, I gave up and kind of threw my hands up and because even when we were meeting with you, you know, I felt like we, we weren't being transparent and vulnerable. And so, you know, I held back a lot because I, I didn't want to share aside from what Jake was willing to share or even force that on him. And mm. so, no, no, that was um, really a, a turning point in our marriage, but a, an outcry that if you, if you, and I think, you know, Jake texts back, you know, 
why did you ask me that? Or why do you feel that way? And we ended up um, talking that night. And that's when, you know, I think I said, we, or I think what you said to me was, well, just tell me what I need to do. And I, you know, I finally, I think for the first time told him that I don't come with an instruction manual. Mm. I can't, I can't lay out, you know, and I feel like that's what I'd done in the past of like, okay, well maybe you could, you know, do this or I'd feel loved if you do this. Well, that just makes, you know, for Jake, that just made a, a to-do list for him that was exhausting for him to try to complete every day. And I knew that it was just him trying to complete a to-do list and it wasn't really a heart change. Um, but I don't know. I think for, for Jake, something happened um, when I text that and he really began to pray. Um, and I did, you know, finally say, we have to go to counseling. It's, it's mm-hmm. not, but I don't know. I think from there, there was just, God did something in his heart and, um, well, it's it, I, Jake, your heart opened to, to Jen for the first time. And I, I think you loved her in, in a way that you never knew you could. Right. I did. I think, I think through that conversation that night, I, what I recognized Mitch is that I said that I loved that I, that I told her that I loved her, but I didn't, I didn't show her true, true love. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. So you could argue then, did you really love her? You know, you know, mm-hmm. I think, I think um, what I am learning now is that I am, that I am loving Jen and uh, that, that hasn't been, you know, that hasn't been the case. Mm. You know, I, I would say that to her. So there was an awakening, a miracle. Um, it got bad. There's a wake up call. You both got scared, recommitted yourselves to, to the Lord, to each other. Um, you, you all did something that, honestly, I, I have not heard happen. Uh, most pastors, pastors' wives hide this from their church. They try to deal with everything offline. Um, tell, tell us a little bit about that story where you shared that brokenness with your congregation, and, and how did they respond? This is a, a beautiful story. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question, and of course, that was difficult to walk through as well. For sure, giving, sure. Giving, giving my background of um, the fear of transparency, mm-hmm. uh, most naturally. Uh, so with that, uh, we went to went to our elders and just shared with them, you know, our struggle and that we are literally on the brink of, you know, of chucking it all in. You know, that's how we both felt, you know, in that moment. And and uh, it was at that point that we began praying and talking together and uh, myself, Jen and the elders and uh, what came out of that time was a a great time of healing, but also a plan forward to bring um, an opportunity to surface that Jen and I would be able to uh, walk in in order to receive health within our marriage. And that started with uh, announcing to the congregation our struggle uh, uh, in our marriage, where we are at this point. This was on a Sunday morning from the front. It was on a Sunday morning. In fact, wow. and yeah, we we stood together and shared with the congregation right there from from the from the podium, and um, that we'd be going to counseling and accountable to the elders. And yeah, and then we um, the elders and you were taking a brief sabbatical as well. We, were, right? we took a, a, a one month was it was it one month a one month sabbatical, and um, we would be going away to a couple of you know marriage conferences and, and spending time focusing on one another explain to them that the foundation of our of our marriage has been <clears throat> ministry and work life. And while that seems good on the outside, it has allowed our marriage to truly, truly suffer. 
and the church actually ro- um, raised up around us. Um, they ended they ended up laying on hands for us that Sunday, praying for us, sending us out. Over the course of the next four weeks, we had we have had or we had at that time multiple families come forward uh, to uh, couples, marriages come forward and, and w- receive counseling, want to meet with the elders, want to uh, walk through some restoration pieces. So, and this was sparked by your by your sharing your story. It was God really used that as um, God really used our transparency and our openness to our our community as a catalyst. Uh, for ministry work to be done in the marriages around our congregation specifically. And the norm, the, the usual impulse of a pastor would be, if I share this, they're going to run. They're going to be so disenchanted with us, they won't be back next Sunday. And, and that was really kind of your rhythm, Jake, wasn't it? That there was that fear, if people ever know what I'm like, absolutely reject me. And here you had the ultimate moment where, it, the the act the absolute opposite happened. You were Absolutely. you were embraced even more because you were you were so open. Yeah, and if you know, and if this doesn't blow your mind, uh, the church actually grew. Um, you know, all, all pastors probably on some level think through this. You know, but mm-hmm. people will leave if I'm not there. If I'm not preaching, if if right, the church actually grew, grew while we were away and the elders were communicating why we were away and what's going, you know, what's going on. So this, this season, the, during this season, our church actually experienced numerical growth. As we got back meeting with these new, new attenders, which moved into new, new membership, they wanted to be a part of a place where people were broken because they mm-hmm. were broken. And uh, it was, it was just, it was neat. It was very, you know, very interesting because the first warning we got from multiple people, um, family, really, I don't think right. anyone from the church did this, but we had family. Yeah. People are going to leave. Yeah. You, you can't do this. You can't walk, you know, that, that kind of stuff. And, um, but yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. That's, that's the classic advice, you know, just, uh, you know, uh, let's, let's manage the, uh, the perception, right. Do as much damage control as we can. Uh, but the gospel calls for admission of brokenness. I mean, think about this. At the very heart of the gospel is repentance mm-hmm. and, and confession of sin. Uh, that, that is always uh, done in the context of, of relationships. You, you, we're called to do that in community. So I, I love that you share that story uh, because I've been, I've been dying for people to hear that. And uh, I think you even had people that Sunday that even came forward, right? And we did talk to some of the elders about struggles they were having. We did. So after we announced our sabbatical, uh, we had uh, one of the elders uh, took the platform and gave um, an an invitational time or a commitment time. And and we had three or four families even on that Sunday come down. Um, It's a revival of sorts, isn't it? Right. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Um, Oh, that's that's just amazing. Thank, thanks so much for for sharing that. And uh, let, let me just a couple closing thoughts here uh, that uh, by way of of sort of wrapping this up, but also as a, an encouragement to people who be listening. Um, I've I've come to the point. People that are listening to this regularly um, are are accustomed to me referring to my two listeners, and I, I think there's probably more than just two listeners now. I'm convinced of that. Um, but what would you say to people, couples who are, uh, they're, they're in ministry together from the start. 
um, maybe the context in which they met was ministry and, and you want to talk to them, what would you say to them? Um, you know, I would say just to be um, courageous and putting the marriage first, um, you know, truthfully going straight into ministry as a, a support to Jake um, with him at the church that he was already in ministry at was, it was for him, but it was also for me. Um, I loved it. You know, I wanted, um, you know, the, I had a passion for the role and, you know, so I feel like on some level that was, um, you know, fulfilling me. And so, you know, that was selfish. Um, but being, mm. you know, I think I've said, you know, multiple times that, um, ministry can be what gets in the way of, of course, the, the marriage relationship, but also your relationship with the Lord. And, mm. you know, I didn't realize that until, until, you know, Jake and I were in ministry together and realizing I was so busy with ministry that, my relationship with the Lord even was suffering. Yeah, there's a there's a harsh irony there, isn't there? Because the ministry is, you know, for all intent and purpose, serving the Lord. It's a spiritual, uh, you know, experience and exercise. Yet it can it can be an inhibitor to true relationship with God, as you said, and with with one another. Absolutely, I definitely experienced that. Um, so you know, just being able to scale back on you know the level of involvement. Mm-hmm. The bottom line, put the marriage first, put, put the, the marriage, marriage first, form yeah. those, those roots, you know, go through that transition. And I mean, typically I'm speaking, I think more to, you know, the, the wife mm-hmm. could be, you know, flip-flopped where, you know, the wife has the salary role or, um, but I think, you know, probably in a typical situation, it's going to be the wife that's going to decide to scale back and focus on the marriage and that transition and, and making the home. So being, you know, courageous to do that um, and, you know, to not subject um, yourself to any church expectations, you know, you, you're married mm. now and you're going into ministry together and, you know, whether it's a church plant or some other, you know, ministry role, well, the wife should be, you know, um, involved in the worship team or she should be singing or the wife should be the, you know, at least one of the leaders or the leader of the women's ministry. There's these expectations that church people have these ideas of what the pastor's wife should be. And maybe your role is you're at home focusing on, you know, creating um, that home environment for the, for the marriage and also for the family and knowing that's okay. So I think just not putting expectations on yourself or trying to meet, you yeah. know, expectations. Of yeah. one, one of the general rules I have there, if someone comes to me and, and they say, Hey, you know, I, I really want to do such and such in church. My question will always be, well, is your husband good with that? You know, does your wife, is she hundred percent behind that? And, and if, if the answer is yes, that that's an obvious indicator that there's, it's being done out of, out of a healthy context. Um, so yeah, great answer there, Jen. And that's encouraging too. Um, I think it gives, it'll give young couples permission to put the marriage, the family over ministry because there's so much expectation, as you said, placed on them, particularly when they first start out, you know, uh, I can imagine in staff situations, you know, maybe a larger church where young couples come in and, uh, they're asked to do this or that, and they and they feel if they say no that people are going to think less of them. But um, I I believe people think highly when you say no, and the reason is because of the the need to you know foster a healthy relationship at home. Yes, I would encourage to create those boundaries together, and and then be okay with saying no. Mm-hmm. And people may not understand if you're asked to, will you teach the Sunday school class? Well that might not be the best thing, you know, starting out in a marriage to even start teaching a Sunday school class, but creating those boundaries together and then just talking through 
those roles, that's huge, Mitch, that, you know, just talking first, because I, I feel like Jake and I both kind of, we were in, we were in ministry before. And so we came together and we were kind of doing, we were doing ministry together, but we were doing ministry kind of on our own too. Cause I would have people, you know, to come and ask, you know, you know, would you do this? And I love to do everything. So I was saying yes to everything, not talking to Jake. And I feel like, you know, Jake was. Yeah. It becomes competitive, doesn't it? Between the two of you. It does. So we were both saying yes to things and then coming home and well, we didn't talk about this. Oops. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, to not be threatened by your, your spouse's strengths is mm. another. I think that's one thing that we really battled with is being threatened by the strengths of each other and realizing, you know, that, that oh, I'm weak in that area and I should be able to do that. Or, hmm. um, that was a, that was a struggle, but you know, it's also a beautiful thing that we, you know, coming to realize that God has perfectly knit us together in areas that we were, you know, opposite to complement one another in ministry. Um, I don't know if you have Good. anything. Yeah, Jake, um, how, how would you speak to the balance between marriage and ministry? Um, can there be a healthy balance? Does does a couple have to choose one or the other? Um, well, that's a great question, Mitch. I think I think God loves biblical marriage, right? I mean, we know that. I think God loves His church and the people that work or give in service to His church. And uh, so, I would say yes, there there can be a healthy balance. You know, they're they're both designed by God. You know, however, probably depending on personalities and circumstances, you may have to create, as we did, a system or a process that works best for you that props up the marriage as, as priority, you know. So what that looks like for us now is we, we have a worship director, um, yet Jen is one of the worship leaders in the worship ministry under the worship director. So what that has done for us is that it's created a layer and that layer has really offered our marriage uh, health. Uh, it's removed the need to discuss and focus on church work. Uh, because that's something that is done with me in the office, you know, with, mm-hmm. with my worship director. And what we receive out of that is is great benefit in the home. Again, mm-hmm. now living in a season in which Jennifer and I are building the foundation from our home off of the relationship with one another and, and nothing else. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, you know, I would add here, actually you're saying it, is to have a clear separation between ministry yeah. and, and family. You know, you come home and you don't have to... Yeah. Talk about ministry. You don't have to deal with it. You shut that off, just like a job. You know, right. and that's one thing I didn't. I didn't do well. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. not able to transition between mm-hmm. quote unquote Jennifer's boss and then Jennifer's, uh, hu- you know, husband. Or, yeah. You know, I, I just I didn't do that well. You know, maybe some others may. I, I the block yeah. that I have been around, it, it wasn't good for us. Yeah, I had a friend that would often say about his wife, "She's a great wife, but she makes a lousy god." <laughs> 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 well, let's, uh, wow, this has been, it, it's exciting to see where you guys are at. Um, and I, I know that this will be an encouragement and, and, you know, needs to be a challenge to some people who hear this and, and hopefully they will pursue the things that uh, you've talked about. And I know that you'll both be available if anybody wants to talk to you, that maybe you could be a, a resource to, to help anyone who feels like initially they need a safe place to go to. Would you both be willing to do that? If, uh, if you say no, I'll have to edit this part out. <laughs> of, of course, Absolutely. I know, yes. I know. And well, again, I feel like you know we're we're not in a we're in a season where we are we're walking you know walking through this and and loving yeah you're rebuilding loving, yeah yes and and loving that process loving yeah. the rebuilding process loving the other that. side mm-hmm. of of that of that fight yeah you know, we're, we're loving yeah. where we where we currently are yeah. 
Excellent. Well, thank you both so much. Uh, you did a great job in sharing your story, and, and uh, I just praise Jesus for what he has done, and, and your lives are a testimony of his work and his grace and his mercy. So thank you. Thank, thank you, you, Mitch. Okay, well, there you have it. I want to thank you for listening to this Before You Quit podcast. I hope it's encouraged you. I hope that this makes you want to pray even more fervently for your pastor and for his wife. And if you're in ministry, I hope this helps to really align the priorities in, in the right place. Uh, thanks for listening. Hey, if you have any comments or questions about anything we've talked about today on Before You Quit, you can email me at mitch at beforeyouquit.us. You can also go to my website, uh, www.beforeyouquit.us. And love to hear from you. And again, you can listen to these on iTunes and Google Play or just directly from the website. So until next week, stay encouraged and be courageous because serving Jesus is worth all of that hard stuff that comes with it. And remember what we're told in 1 Corinthians 15, 57 through 58. But thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. So until next time, stay encouraged. Mm -hmm.